0: All right, today's message is titled, Our Heart Towards Work. And my goal for this message is that we would see the biblical attitude towards work, uh, think about where we are, and think about how we can get to the place where we have the biblical attitude towards work. So what do you guys think um, our attitude towards work should be? Gravity Glory, to the glory of God. Yep. Yep. So all those are good answers. And the main one that I want to focus on today um, is that we should want to do work. We should want to be diligent in every area of life. And if we don't want to be diligent, if we don't desire it, then our hearts have less than a biblical attitude towards work. Uh, So let's look at some scriptures that talk about that. Um, To make this more interactive, instead of me reading all the scriptures, I'm going to ask you guys to do it. So can someone look up Proverbs 6, uh, verses 6 through 8? Okay, you can go ahead.
1: Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest
0: all right can someone read proverbs 10 verse 4.
1: a slack hand causes poverty but the hand of the diligent makes rich
0: that's one of my favorite verses we're going to get a bit more into that one in a second And we're mostly gonna be in the book of Proverbs for now. Um, Can someone read Proverbs 12, verse 11? Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Uh, Can someone read Proverbs 12, verse 24? And then
1: 1227. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth.
0: And lastly, Proverbs 13, verse 4.
2: The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the
0: diligent is richly supplied. That's pretty specific. Like, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. It doesn't sound very good. So today's key verse or passage, um, the most central one to this message, is Proverbs 10.4. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. And I want us to think about that for a second. The hand of the diligent makes rich. I want to talk about how that doesn't just apply to your job and to finances, but that applies to every area of life. And there's... Four specific areas I want to talk about that that applies in. But before we get into that, I want to talk about why we should have it in mind that the hand of the diligent makes rich. We do work so that we get paid, basically, and we should want that we won't be motivated like we should to do work unless we know why we're doing it. For every area of life that you do work in or that you should be putting effort into or being diligent in, you're doing it to get something out of it. And biblically, that's the proper motivation to do it. It's just, sometimes it's what are you doing it for? Because there are wrong motivations for things. But there's always a biblical motivation for a biblical desirable thing that we should be getting out of it. Uh, Can someone please read Proverbs 16, verse 26? A worker's appetite works for him. His mouth urges him on. I know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely like getting food from my job. So, at the end of the day, if we don't desire to work, we don't desire enough the profit that comes from it. But let's talk about the areas of life where diligence leads to wealth or riches. So, the first one is um, your regular job and finances. If you're diligent, you know, over time, being diligent day in and day out, wealth starts to accumulate bit by bit over time and that's just the way that God designed things. And this is a biblically desirable thing. Why do you guys think that money might be desirable from a biblical perspective? Yep. Uh, well, can you repeat that? For others as well as Any other reasons? Not, not to ask <laughs> yep. Uh, this is what God wants us to do yep we, we're here to do God's will not, what, not just what we do. right and our work like being creative producing things it reflects his image and it glorifies him you know what, yep that's a big one yep Another big one is that money gives you the ability to have more free time, kind of related to what Jeff said. If you have the money that you don't need more money, then you don't need to work for more money, which gives you more time for other things, other types of work, like ministry and whatnot. Uh, But related to some of the things we just said, can someone please read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28? Verse 28. So we should want to be diligent and we should want to make money because money does help the advancement of the kingdom of God. But that's just one area of life out of several that we need to strive to be diligent in. Uh, The next area we need to strive to be diligent in is studies and gaining knowledge. Just like studying, just like being diligent in your work and in your job will eventually lead to building up finances and over time accumulating, uh, financial wealth being diligent day in and day out with your studies will build a wealth of knowledge and that's very important that's something we need to think about more how um, how proverbs ten four applies to study and knowledge being diligent in your studies is something we all need to do because we all need to accumulate a wealth of knowledge for what god has called us for What are some reasons you guys think that having a wealth of knowledge will be useful for us or useful for advancing God's kingdom?
1: Wisdom.
0: Yep. John How
1: Luke?
0: The, the market. You get more for your labor. Yep, that's a good one. When you know what you're doing, it's easier to get more out of things. John Luke? It's true. Able to give
1: advice.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep, discipleship. That's a big one. So at the end of it, knowledge helps in every area of life, but especially since our call is to evangelize and to make disciples, it's particularly important that we know God's word, that we have practical wisdom about life, and that um, we know what we're doing at our jobs and whatnot especially having practical wisdom for life, that's very important in discipleship. There's a lot of churches that just don't disciple people, but if they do, there's a number that only give like theological knowledge and not practical knowledge on how to press out Christian principles into your life in such a way that makes your life more healthy and reflects the glory of God and His design for your life. Um... Just to give some verses on why we should desire knowledge. And if we desire it, it'll motivate us to work for it. If we don't want to study, at the end of the day, we don't desire knowledge like we should. And that's just what it comes down to. Uh, Can someone please read Proverbs 10, uh, verse 14? And like it says, the wise lay up knowledge. They build it up over time. (laughs) 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 Yep. (laughs) All right, can someone please read Proverbs 20, verse 15? Lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. But the way we get lips of knowledge is by acquiring more and more knowledge over time, which God gives us the ability to do, but we still have to work towards it. The next area of life where diligence over time leads to an accumulation or leads to a buildup of wealth is in the area of skills and practicing. If you're diligent to practice something like a skill, you get better and better at it. And, um, and you build up a wealth of that skill or of multiple skills. Uh, why do you guys think that could be useful towards growing God's kingdom or just towards everyday life? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> so God is perfect and when we desire to do
0: perfect or high quality work, it right. God. Yeah. <laughs> it also, like you said, it, it really does glorify God when we show, especially when non-believers can see that we have a desire to be excellent at our job and excellent at everything we do. I think it also shows purpose in that. Like if you if you aren't working to the best of your ability, then you don't see a reason why a purpose behind that, but we have a purpose behind this pretty significant from other people's uh can someone read Proverbs twenty two verse twenty-nine? So there's various skills that are worth it to try to work on. Um, A big one, a big area is whatever your career is or whatever career you're trying to get into, seeking to be skilled in that, that'll be very useful throughout your life, especially because if you're a particularly skilled employee, so much that you stand out, it's easier to um, kind of have a bit more influence at your job. People will look up to you and your boss will have more respect for you, which can sometimes make it easier to like not have to work on Sundays if other people have to. Or It's just um, overall just way better to be particularly skilled at your job. But skills also help for ministry. Discipleship is a skill and it takes practice at. And, um, and we all need to practice teaching and evangelizing and discipleship. And it's something God will... Uh, help us to grow at and get better at as we work on it. But also, we couldn't have worship if um, John Luke and Sam and Indiana, weren't good at playing instruments. And they had to practice at that. And skills are valuable and they can be used for God's glory in various ways. Just like in the building of the temple, there were um, specific workers whose names I don't remember, who God helps them to build up skill it didn't just all build up at once. God did anoint them for their skills, but they had been working on those skills for years and years and years. They were good at carpentry and at decorating and design. And there are so many skills that can be used for God's glory. And diligently practicing and developing those skills make it easier to glorify God. They give us more potential to glorify God in those areas. The last area that I wanna talk about where diligence builds up a wealth over time is um, good deeds and sacrificing for God's kingdom and treasures in heaven. Uh, We're gonna have a few verses to read for this one. Could someone please read Luke 12, verse 33 and 34? Could someone please read Matthew 6:19 through 21? Um, Back to Luke. Could someone please read Luke chapter 14 verses 12 through 14? And lastly, can someone please read Galatians, chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in this we will reap, if we do not give up. That last verse, I think, really um, touches on staying diligent and not growing weary. Um, We all have good works that God has assigned for us or planned for us to do. And if we're diligent about that throughout our lives, we accumulate um, kind of like a wealth of treasure in heaven, which biblically we should want because where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. And when you think about it, like out of all these areas, nothing's more worth it than having treasure in heaven, having a close relationship with God there's anything we should want to be diligent in it's that but also in order to be diligent in doing things for christ's kingdom it involves doing being diligent in the other three areas because if if you're not diligent in your work and you don't have finances and you don't have knowledge and you don't have skill you can't really do a lot for the kingdom of god or not as much as you could So that one really has to do with diligence in every area of life. And that one's the most important. All right, getting into um, three important reasons why we need to be diligent, three biblical reasons. Um, The first one is just that the mission we're on demands it. I really like a quote that I found by Elon Musk this week. Uh, He's referring to SpaceX, but I think it applies to the Christian life. There are easier places to work, but nobody ever changed the world on 40 hours a week. Like if we think we can change the world working 40 hours a week, we're just gonna work at our job and then spend the rest of our time watching TV or on Facebook or playing video games or hanging out with our friends, we're really deceived. That, like if all you do is work your full-time job and that's it, You can contribute towards the kingdom financially and through prayer, but it's gonna take a lot more than that if we actually want to change the world. We have to have time committed at our job, outside of our job. We have to be willing to be diligent. And that's just the way it's gonna be because we're soldiers for Christ. And um, John Luke will remember what it is. There's a verse in 2 Timothy about no soldier entangles himself in everyday matters, but. Yep, Second Timothy 2 verse 4 But seeks to please the one who enlisted him That doesn't mean we never have time for fun God, God is sovereign and God is in control of time And he gives us time for rest And if you don't rest, you're going to die so. <laughs> As much as this is a me- message on diligence We do have to be balanced But for now we need to s- Sometimes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not very big on that one Something that I found that was interesting. I was doing a word search on Bible Gateway. And the word love is found 684 times in the Bible. But the word work is found 635 times. That's almost the same amount of times. Why do you guys think that might be? Yep. Yep. Yes, especially. Uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All those are good answers. And the one that I really feel um, we need to think about is overall, you can't really love people like you should if you're not diligent in some areas in life. That really reminds me of that verse, I think it's also in Timothy, um, about how if a man doesn't provide for his family, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You really can't love people or God if you're not going to put effort into life. Uh, The other reason we need to be diligent in life is because there is a limit on our time. Can someone please read Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16?
2: Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as
1: wise, making the best use of the time because the days are
0: easy. So we only have so much time in life, and if we're not going to be diligent, we won't make the most of it, and God has charged us with making the most of it. And it's something he'll enable us to do. But we can only accomplish so much in our lives. God has given given us enough time to accomplish whatever he has for us. It is easy to get too caught up in the limit of time or the quote-unquote lack of time. But there's only a lack of time if we don't use time how God would have us to. Because God always equips people for what he has for them. So if God's given us specific things to accomplish or a specific mission, he's given us enough time to do it. And if we feel like we don't have enough time, then odds are we're either not using our time correctly or we are mistaken about how much God wants us to accomplish in a certain amount of time. But we only have so much time and then one day we're all going to die and we will stand before the throne of god and he'll ask us to tell him how we used the time that he gave us and we'll have to answer to him and if you don't hear anything else in this message of why you should be diligent this is the most important reason why but the bible says that when this happens it can be joyous it can be a happy time and God, we can hear God tell us, "Well done, good and faithful servant. if we lived out diligence by His grace and power and by His grace and empowerment, which He gives freely to all His children, we are good stewards." And that brings us to the last of my three reasons of why we need to be diligent, uh, because we will be held accountable and judged by christ at the end of our lives could someone please read matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30
2: He made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's limit. Now after a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Yeah, she said. Yeah.
0: So I think it's interesting. He provides an excuse for why he didn't um, make investments, why he wasn't diligent about why he didn't use well what he had. But the master doesn't grant him his excuse. The master says, this is an excuse, and you were lazy, and that's why you didn't do it. That's not what we want to hear. But by God's grace, that's not what we'll have to hear. If um, we take hold of God's grace and we seek his grace to be more to be good stewards. But this can be a really encouraging passage, even though there's a lot of, it's a very serious passage. But how wonderful would it be at the end of your life to hear well-done, good and faithful servant, by my grace, you did what I called you to do, and you did well at it. And that's what God will enable us to do. God's a loving father and he loves his children and he enables us for what he calls us to do but we need to seek that grace we need to seek it through prayer through the means of grace through scripture and through reading God's word and through um, accountability within the church Uh, so the next section of this message will be practical steps on how to become more diligent Uh, so the first one is to um, make plans Could someone please read Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5? I think it's interesting that it says the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance and it doesn't say diligence leads surely to abundance and I think one of the reasons it is is um diligent people plan and planning helps you to be diligent because if you don't have a plan especially for how you're going to use your time you're kind of being passive by not having a plan and passivity leads to more pacif- passivity But if you have a plan for how you're going to use your time for your day, your week, your month, it helps you to make sure you're using it well and staying on track. And like through the process of becoming from, so I started out as one of the most laziest persons I've ever met and (laughs) by God's grace, he's made me more diligent over time. And for me, a lot thing that helps me a lot is making plans. For a lot of other people who I know who are good at being diligent, they make plans for like almost everything they do. And they know tentatively, because our plans never work out exactly, they know tentatively what they want to do and um, how they want to spend their time, how they want to allocate their resources. Uh, Number two for how to be more diligent is to get accountability. Um, Accountability helps in everything, and especially at things that are difficult. And being diligent is difficult. So if you have um, housemates, roommates, uh, your husband or wife, um, just other Christians in the church, if you struggle with being diligent, be accountable to someone about it. Because we all have temptations, we all fail, and we all need each other's help. And that's why God placed us in the church, is so that we can receive help and we can give help. Uh, my third tip for practical ways to be more diligent is just seek to stay motivated and kind of use um, the, the Proverbs twenty six twenty one method of being motivated. You know, hunger causes the worker to work. Our desire for the reward of being diligent will cause us to work. If we see um, finances as useful for God's kingdom and we want them, that'll cause us to want to work in that area. If we see knowledge is essential to our advancing God's kingdom and we want it, we want it passionately, we'll want to study. And if we want to develop our skills, then we'll want to practice. And I remember when I was working at Subway, Like, I used to not do any work at all. I was a super lazy person. Um, In school, I was homeschooled, and my parents didn't make me do any work, and I didn't do any work. I only skateboarded and played video games, like, every day of my life until I was 18. And um, so I just got... I built up the habit of being lazy. It was ingrained in me. Like... But eventually, I got a job at Subway, and I remembered just thinking... But by that point, I had meditated on these verses in Proverbs, and especially Proverbs 10.4 and Proverbs 13.4 really like changed my mindset on work. And I was thinking about why it's easier to want to work now, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that I'll get paid. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me, it caused it so I would actually enjoy the work, even if it was boring. Like a lot of the stuff I had to do in fast food is boring. But if you know you're going to get paid and that that will help you to advance Christ's kingdom, then you can get enjoyment out of it. So seek to stay motivated. And there's things you can do to motivate yourself and stay motivated. And the last one, and probably the most necessary one to a good degree, is just to seek God's grace. Um, you know, pray about it. We all need to pray that God will help us with the things we struggle with, and we all struggle to be diligent. It's not an easy thing to do, to be as diligent as we need to be. So ask for God to help you with it. God will give you grace on it. And uh, use his word. Use the means of grace. Does anyone else have any ideas on how we can be more diligent? All right, so the three means of grace, it probably should be four because we should include prayer. Um, The four means of grace are the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, the church, and I'm going to throw in a fourth prayer. Um, So God gives us grace, and grace. uh, part of grace is empowerment. And that's kind of the aspect of grace that we're talking about with the means of grace specifically, though more than that. But we receive God's grace through the word. When we read the word, it helps us to receive the grace that God has for us. God has all the empowerment, empowerment we don't deserve, um, just Infinite. It's all there. But there's a certain way we have to receive it. Because I know even though God has infinite power, I don't have infinite power, which means I have not received his infinite empowerment. So there's means, and we have to press into those means. The first one is the scriptures. When we read the scriptures, God empowers us through them. Uh, He changes our minds and our hearts. The second one is the Holy Spirit. God empowers us through his spirit, he renews us, he causes life change, he convicts us. Uh, The third one is the church. God really does a lot through his church. There's accountability, Um, there's this power in his church. And the church is also a good way to get the other two means of grace, because when you go to church, you should be hearing the word, uh, the first means of grace, and you should be having encounters with the Holy Spirit through worship. And then I would throw in a fourth means of grace is prayer. And prayer is a very important and powerful um, way to seek and receive God's grace. So any suggestions um, on practical ways to become more diligent?
1: <laughs> but, um, but for me, that helps when I really wouldn't have accountability any other
0: way. That's a great idea. That can really help a lot, even if you're mature. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually disagree with that part. Even if you're mature, that can be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Any other suggestions? Jean?
1: Um, A lot of times when I don't want to do
2: something, it's my flesh, you know, lifting up its energy. I don't do it. So um, I play a game with my flesh and trick it and hurry up and get started without letting
0: it think it's arguments. That works really well. The quicker you get started on something, the easier it tends to be. Another thing, big plans can sometimes be discouraging, so make big plans with small steps. Discouragement can be a real hindrance to being diligent. Yep. It
1: doesn't
0: always play out this way, but if you can't ask for help 'cause you may I have to work up my bathroom. I had zero motivation to do it. Yep. I think that was a really big thing when we were tearing down that house. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney?
2: Yep. Uh, Leah, you had a suggestion? I was actually just going to
0: ask if you would wanted to like, repeat each thing into the mic to so be the podcast, but then I realized I could just do you that. Know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jennifer?
2: Yeah, I was going to say for individual procrastinators like myself, I need
0: deadlines. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I need to know when you need this
2: done. Yep. That's an
0: excellent point. I had to learn that the hard way. I don't have much time to get into it, but there was one semester in college where I was taking flex-paced courses, which are self-paced courses, and it was two weeks before finals and I was halfway done with all my courses. That was miserable. (laughs) Uh, That taught me not to procrastinate in college anymore, and I actually stopped because that was so annoying. (laughs) That was a terrible two weeks. All right. Um, Lastly, I just want to end with the idea, just re-emphasize that we need to live with an eternal mindset because that'll really help us to see the need to be diligent. And I kind of think that life is like a college degree. Uh, College is really annoying. It's difficult. You have to work hard. And then when it's over, all that hardship is over, but you get to keep the degree for the rest of your life. (laughs) And having to be as diligent as God's calling us to for the callings that we have it's going to be difficult it's going to be painful and um but at the end of our lives on earth if we're as diligent as god's calling us to be we'll get to have for the rest of eternity the knowledge that we um were as diligent as god called us to be by his grace and we'll get to live with the rewards of that and the pain will be gone by then we won't have any more problems being diligent ever again at that point. But we'll get to live with that, um, the enjoyment of knowing that we used our time well on earth forever. And that'll be worth it. So it's 1016. I know you guys really want coffee, so I'll end so we can get our coffee. But I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time to, um, to think about Um, how we do need to be diligent to fulfill the callings you have for us as your church. We thank you so much that you'll give us grace for that. And if we fail at it, you'll give us grace for that. You always um, love your children unconditionally. Uh, We pray that we wouldn't get discouraged, but we'd be encouraged. Um, And we would not see our lack of diligence as an insurmountable problem, but we'd see it as something that you give us empowerment for and your church will help us to be empowered for. And we pray that we would seek that accountability. We pray that you would really just fill us with your Holy Spirit and for empowerment for every area of life. And we pray that you would help us to glorify you. And we thank you for your grace and your love. And amen.